Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast, everybody. We're so glad you're here. This is Bob Shoneman, along with my co-host, Pete Robertson. What's up, gentlemen? And Barry Rice. Hey, hey, hey. Guys, welcome to summertime. You know what? It makes me think of the Frozen, that Frozen song, you know, in summer, you know, where the, the snowman, Olaf, yeah. he starts yeah. singing. And, and he starts melting. Mel- without a shit. Yeah, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. You know, he's talking about dancing on the beach and all that stuff. Man, I love the summertime. What do you guys got planned? What's going on this summer that you're excited about? Kids are out of school. You got trips planned, vacations planned. What, what's going on? Well, I'm going to tell you, we live by the coldest spring in the world. And it's only in the dead of summer that we can even get into that right, water. Waikaiba Springs. Yeah. And uh, the manatees leave and, and all that. But uh, the water is so cold. And we love going kayaking and canoeing on that water. And Jackson, it doesn't matter how cold it is. He loves getting in that water. Yeah. If anybody ever comes to Orlando, Florida, yeah, or anywhere in the world, if you're coming to Florida, you want to go to, uh, how do you say it? Waikiva? Waikiva Springs. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It's, it's awesome. It's like 72 million gallons of water coming out of the earth. That's insane. Per hour. Per hour. I'm not getting in that cold water, Barry. Yes. It's it's only like, you know, <laughs> it's 70 so, degrees. It's so cold. It is cold. I'm one of these. I grew up in South Florida. So it's, you know, I don't even get in the ocean until it's like 82 degrees. And then that's still chilly. I don't know. I like bath water, I guess. I'm doing the tourist thing. My family's all hanging out. And um, so all my families are coming, you know, um, from different, uh, different parts of our family. So they're coming to different weeks. And uh, so we're just hanging out, doing some tourist things, driving yes. around. So you are going to show them. The, I might the show them. I might show them Waikiva Springs. Waikiva. Waikiva. We have to go really early though. Here, it, it packs out. Quick. There's there's another one, yes, yeah. called Blue Springs, and the re- reason why they call it Blue Springs because when you get out, it's so cold, yeah. you look blue. Yeah, right? you're blue. You're frozen. <laughs> yeah. But it is refreshing in the middle of summer. I'm telling you, that's something that most people don't hear about. So that would be like that's what a the local would know. The about. Local, and the water yeah. is as clear as it gets. It's I, amazing. I my favorite thing to do is to put goggles on and put my head in the water and just float. You know, there's a good current because there's 72 million gallons of water coming out (laughs) and you just float and you see all the fish, you see the, the alligators, you see the turtles, you see all that underneath the water. Yeah. You get to swim with alligators, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how many people, but in the cold water, they move very slow. You can outswim them. Yeah. I was wondering how many people that were listening to us right now said, wait, there's alligators in there. You're going to be in there with the alligators alligators. (laughs) and you put goggles on and you look at the alligators. They're going to be freaking out. Well, I mean, we all three of us have daughters who have birthdays this month. So yeah. that's that's kind of exciting. Yeah. And what I'm doing. So Samantha um, is turning 10 at the end of the month and we are taking her uh, crystal and myself and Samantha. We're all flying to Salt Lake City, running a car and then driving up to Yellowstone National Park. We've got um, got a cabin on on Lake Yellowstone for three days. We're going to spend some time there. So jealous. And um, man, I, Sammy's never been there. Crystal and I have been there. Uh, well, I've been there uh, like four times, um, twice as a kid, just made amazing memories. Still Will there to be this any day. snow there? There may still be some snow. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, that would be it, amazing. It's possible. Certain, which certain Sammy parts would of Yellowstone that. has high mountaintops yeah. that might have it. Yeah. And you talk about cold water, Lake Yellowstone. Mm. Woo! But cut, cutthroat trout. 
That'll wake you up in the morning, boy. I remember as I think I was eight years old, we were there with my family and my dad rented a boat and we went, we went out fishing at the, at dawn on Lake Yellowstone. And I remember we, we caught some cutthroat trout and you reach in to get the trout to take, you know, take the hook off and stuff. Your hand would freeze. freeze. The water yeah. is that cold. It's, it's yeah. Amazing. You got to wear that giddy up just to go. Yeah, I mean, you hold the trout <laughs> and it feels like an ice cube. That's how cold yeah. it is. So even in the middle of the summer, the water's like still in the forties. Yeah. It is really, really cold. Yeah, but anyway, Sammy's so excited. So we're going to spend three days there. I just, I, I've never seen a wolf up there. I'm hoping maybe we see a wolf. Never mm. seen a grizzly bear, mm. um, but there's bison and elk and, you know, all that good stuff. So we're really excited about that. And then we're going to spend three days in Jackson Hole. Oh, man. Go, you know, Teton National Park. Mm. Um, we're talking, about, I don't know if this old body can handle it, but I, we're talking about maybe going whitewater rafting on the mm. Snake River. Mm. And uh, I, I just, again, lifetime memories as a kid, there was this time my dad took the whole family and we went whitewater rafting. And I still, you think about it, I still laugh at the, you know, some of the things we did and how much fun it was. So it's kind of some of the memories that I want to make with Sammy. And did now y'all that, fly out there or drive? Um, back when, when we I was a kid, kid we drove. Yeah. yeah we that drove. must've been a hundred hours. It, it was, well, <laughs> Are and we it, there yet? And it, yeah. And as a kid, you know, which it'd be like a thousand hours, right? Yeah. If you know, Bob, he's, he's from New York state and upstate New York. Yeah. So man, that's, that's about as far as you can go. It was, it was a long drive sitting in the back of the station wagon without a seatbelt, you know, those days. So but being from upstate New York, he's used to the cold. Yeah. So me from Southern California, not used to Yeah. Cold. I yeah. mean, that's what's funny now. Cause you know, we were talking about, I won't get into the water unless it's, you know, bathtub temperature. When I was a kid up in upstate New York, my grandparents had a camp on Lake Sagandega. And as soon say as that part, yeah, literally, yeah, I was going to say Lake Sagandega, <laughs> as soon as the ice would melt, me and my brothers would be in the water. It's crazy. I mean, we'd be like, you know, breaking through the ice to go swimming on the beach. I mean, it's just nuts. I have um, so many things I can say to that that are not appropriate that I'm going to leave it alone right now. <laughs> I have no idea where you're going with that. It's, but a, it's, right. it's a dangerous thing how our mind works. Oh my uh, God. So anyway, that's the life, sports talk we're, we're, we're going to yeah. make some memories on this trip and um, we get back right before the 4th of July. So looking forward to, to that. I know I had people tell me like, no, you should stay in Jackson Hole for the 4th. It's amazing. But we already had it all, all planned out and then um we got to think vacation bible school coming up in july and just lots of other good stuff i'm looking forward to this summer yeah i'm excited it's exciting I'm excited. i can't believe i have a fifth kids are out of school a fifth grader this it's exciting. is insane feels like yesterday i brought her home from the hospital the, well with crystal cell the b mission minded is uh getaway is only a little bit a little few months away so right can't believe that October it's exciting 31st. Dude, i'm already first yeah, <laughs> it's it's just so cool. You know what we've been? I haven't heard Pete talk about bringing his speedo yet, so that's probably it. I got a yellow one. Time. I got a yellow one, so I'm ready. Everybody's gonna say Big Bird, Big Bird. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna wear a long shirt man. over it though, so they can't see. Thank anything. you, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you're so you're gonna look like you're not wearing anything. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a great picture. All right, five people just canceled. That. Right, they just canceled. No refunds. Hey, you better hurry up if you want to go on our mission minded tour. It, it's a uh, it's yeah. filling up fast. Yep, it is. Oh, good it's times, exciting. guys. Good times. I love the summer. I love the summer. So what else is going on, Barry? What's going on with your family? I know Cammy just, Cammy's turning nine. Yes, she is. And she is so tall. She's taller than a mom and going into fourth it's grade. It's crazy. She yes. is tall. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And Carly is wearing me out with all these softball tournaments. Slugger. So, yeah, yeah, she's doing well. And, uh, you know, the travel softball, are you kidding me? It's like every weekend. And uh, 
I, nobody goes to church, right? I, no, I, I'm thinking about kids. I, yeah, I'm thinking about having a service at the the softball complexes Ooh, that we're going to, and that's just, a good idea. The traveling the traveling church. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> hey, why don't we just do a podcast there? Right. Right. That is yeah. a great idea. Now, are we going to do a podcast in in Greece? Yes, absolutely. Dun, dun, oh, dun. Man. yeah, absolutely. That, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I, I just cannot wait. Are yeah. you kidding me? Do you know what site we're going to do it at yet? Have you figured that I, part? We out? haven't figured that part out. If anything, we will do it at one of the banquet halls at one of the hotels. But if we can get maybe on day seven, this is kind of what I was thinking, yeah. and go to Santorini, and possibly do it right there up on the mountain. What? You know? Yeah, with the with the, all the the turquoise water and everything behind us. I mean, that would be ideal. Can can we work in our guests that are that are on the tour with us? Maybe take questions from them or something. How how I don't know. We if we do it off location, we it? can't. We don't know because that's a free uh, day for work. everybody. Ah. Um, but if we're doing it no, during I'm the tour, we might Santorini. Santorini. Yeah. Yeah. Center. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to go there too. Yeah. I'm not going that far and not seeing that. Right. Yeah. Oh my It's goodness. so pretty. <sighs> Yeah. Gorgeous. I may not want to leave. No, don't make me. Well, well we fun. got uh we got a tough topic to talk about today. Yeah. This is interesting. Where did this come up? Where where uh how did it all come yeah, about? Yeah, 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 well, yeah. When we, the wiring minds went on there. Yeah, right. we do a lot of, you know, all of us do a lot of one-on-ones with people. And so we um we talk with people, we have um, you know, discipleship making. We just we do life together with people and you know, a lot of people, when they're reading the Bible, they come across uh, certain verses that makes you go, hmm, remember Arsenio Hall back in the days when he used to say that? Yeah. Yeah. Do goes, a little hmm. finger to the forehead. Yeah, he did the finger to the forehead. So this is kind of like a finger to the forehead for people. And they ask questions like, what? The, hmm, yeah. What does that you mean? Go, hmm. Yeah. And so some people get confused by it. Some people just don't do any more research by it. They just quit on it. Um, um, some lose their faith. And so we're going to talk about something, uh, one of their verses today, that's really, really hard. I mean, it's, it's almost hard to read and it's going to be hard to listen to, There's but no we're going to talk about, about it. It, it yeah. is hard to read. And, uh, but it's in the Bible and it's, and it's something that's relevant and we need to talk about that and, and walk people through, but to, to explain it in the right context and the right light. And so that's kind of what we're going to do today. So we can't just pick and choose the parts of the Bible that we like. We got to take the whole thing. <laughs> you got to take it all, man. Yeah. We got to take Bathsheba and in the affair and everything, right? Everything, everything. Wow. everything. And that's one of the things, right? We were talking about that in our in our show prep. That uh, you know, if the, it it's just more proof that the Bible is real, that it's authentic, because you know anybody that was making this stuff would not show that side of it, right? No way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're writing something down, you're not going to be showing all of your faults no. <laughs> unless the spirit was leading. That's it would be why like we believe Facebook, that. Right. It'd yeah. be like Facebook. You just get the highlights. That's it. Yeah. But we have got to tell the truth, the whole truth and not but the truth. So help us. God. That's it. Can you imagine if I said, hey, I had an affair with my wife last week on Facebook. Can you imagine if I posted that? No. Yeah. People don't do that. People are like, what? Yeah. Or 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 I wake up in the morning, I take a picture of myself and I just, you know, it's all the whatevers. And I just I post it up, say, hey, check me out. You yep. know, this was a great day. It's and true. people look at my picture going, what? No, it's all highlight reels. Yeah. People only show their good side. Yeah. They only put on their makeup and fix their hair and then say, I just woke up. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I woke up like this. Yeah. And there's selfie and there's No, that's glow. not the Bible. You, you guys, get... you guys hear the storm outside? Yeah. We got an afternoon thunderstorm going on right now. So if the power goes off, you, you'll know. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Anybody that doesn't know Florida in Whoa. the afternoon, right around three or four in the afternoon, it just, it just 
pores. And so <laughs> that's just a normal thing. So if you go to Disney World or anything under the parks, go in the morning time and just expect for about a half hour, right. 45 minutes, it's going to storm and then everything will be okay. It's normal. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't last all day. It's so around three o'clock, make your way to Space Mountain. Right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> inside the whole time yeah that's it and you'll miss the the storm you come out where did everybody go that's it uh so you were giving an example well you didn't give examples but you were talking about tough verses in the bible and uh, a couple examples uh, examples of those are like when jesus says let the dead bury the dead or or um you must hate your parents your spouse your siblings to to follow me are we going to talk about some of that in context or are we just using those as examples as we go to that no we can talk about big one that we were that uh man I'll read it for you, but man, it, it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. Um, well, Jesus, well, remember when Jesus did say, let the bury be yes. dead. So that's in Matthew 8, 22 and Luke 9, 6, um, 60. So when you, when you think about it, you're like, we're asking the question, what do you mean? Let the dead bury the dead, Jesus. I mean, what is that talking about? And um, if you're reading that for the first time and you're not doing any context or you're not looking at the Bible in a, um, a broader view or even studying the commentary on that or um, maybe asking a person that knows, you're just going to look at that and just go like, what the heck? This I know guy's... it sounds cold and yeah, it and, doesn't make any yeah, sense. Right. Does, is Jesus not caring about the dead? Is he just not? Is he heartless in this? And, and the answer is no. And so with this verse, you do have to kind of take it and, and understand the context of this. You understand the original language in this. And when you read that and you look at that, so if you were to read a commentary, you would see this a little bit better light um, and you would understand it. But it's the basically the wording here is the young man's request is presented means that the father probably was still living. So so the man is coming to Jesus and he's and he's saying this and Jesus knows that the man's still living and he's saying, well, let the bed there bury the dead. So in essence, um, uh, the son was asking for permission to fulfill his family's duties until his father passed. So Jesus here is heightening the urgency of his kingdom work and placing loyalty to the cause above cultural expression of family loyalties. And so it's not that he's saying, don't take care of your dad. It's not that he's saying, don't bury your dad or, or fulfill all that. He's saying is, I want all of your worship now. I want all of you now. I want you to surrender your life to me now. And then and then in the midst of that, you're going to be able to take care of your dad and your father and bury the dead. So Barry, thoughts that? Oh, absolutely. I, I taught this passage and and I really looked at it. And you know, the hard part for me was, you know, he he is talking about the cost of following Jesus. And he says, if any man will come after me, unless he hates his, his mother, his father and his sister, and even his own life, he cannot follow me. And, and so what is he talking about? I mean, we to follow Jesus is to hate our family. No, no. The comparison, this is how I take it. You know, the comparison of our love and in our duty and our commitment to follow Christ has to be so much more than any other commitment in our life, so much more than any other love in our life. It has to, it has to pale in comparison that he has got to be first and, and that there is a price to pay. You, you can't, you can't love God and you can't love the world. There is a price to pay in following Christ. And that's, that's really what I think this passage and, and there's times that, that there is extreme, uh, what's that word? Um, Hyperbole? Yes, that's it. Tell us about that, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
couldn't think of it. I, I, yeah, I, like I could see you stretching, you know, stretching or thinking, and I'm like oh, hyperbole. No, I think hyperbole is just a. It's an sometimes an extreme exaggeration to kind of prove a point, right? So, um, and and I think that's I I think that's what he's doing there. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to say that he wants you to hate your mother and your father. So we're we supposed to love God with some of our heart. Yeah, no, some of our mind, no, some of our strength. It's no, all all right? of it. And yeah. and I think the point, and you you said it well. It just it's a comparison. It's like in your love for Jesus in comparison to your love to your mother and father. It should make it look like you hate them. You know, it's like, um, I don't know, uh, a, you know, a watermelon is big in comparison to a lemon, right? So you're like, oh, I, I, you know, that watermelon is big. But then you put that up against the sun and there's just no comparison, right? So I think that's I think that's what he's trying to do. I think he's using hyperbole to bring home a point. But you're, I think he's a jealous God, right? He wants all of our attention. And if we give him all of our attention and we're focused on the on our relationship with Christ, our the overflow of that will be love for other people including our parents and our children and well let's let's do this let's read it in context so what i was talking about was the dead bury the dead that's in matthew 8 22 what barry brought up was matthew 10 37 and let me just read that in context matthew 10 34 through 39 it says do not suppose that i have come to bring peace to earth i did not come to bring peace but a sword for i have come to turn a man against his father a daughter against his mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law a man's enemies will be the members of his own household Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. So that then puts it in context. And so the, the ESV version talks about you must hate your parents, your spouse, your siblings, and children. But here you can hear it in context that Jesus is saying it's, it's always been about me. When you were created in your life, you were created for my purpose. You were created to worship me. You were created to fellowship with me. You were created to put me first in every aspect. What comes after that is your parents, your spouse, your siblings, and children. I don't want you to love them more than you love me. I don't want you to pursue them more than you pursue me. And, and there's many people out there right now that that elevate their spouses above themselves or elevate other people in their lives above uh, themselves. But they, but they looked at them in a, like, like if my wife were to die, I would lose her or whatever, but we have to offer our wives to God and let God be God of their life and, and not hold on and make them make everything about them. I've, I hear, you know, parents with their kids, they, you know, they make their kids, everything is about their kids. They'll adjust their whole schedule to their kids. And I always tell my kids, I, they adjust to my schedule. I don't adjust to their schedule. I'm the parent. I'm the one that's teaching them. But there's sometimes when we do adjust, but it's, we have to set the standard. And the standard is um, we want them to know that Jesus is more important. We want them to know that the reason why we don't play sports on every Sunday is because being in fellowship with Christ is more important. The reason why we go to churches on the midweek is because Jesus is more important. The reason why you see me praying and studying the word of God every morning is because Jesus is more important. And, um, and so that's why we make that precedence. And so that's all that God's saying here. It's not that he's standing to hate them. He's just basically saying, Hey, it's, it's better to love me more than them. You know, the mentality that I'm going to pray this prayer and I'll get to go to heaven. Uh, 
is is really a a false idea you know there is no easy believism let me explain myself there is a cost and a price to pay in following jesus it's not that we we work for our salvation but now that i'm saved i'm taking this relationship very seriously and that i am i am ordering and organizing my life so that god is at the head that god is is supreme and god is 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 who i am have first yeah amen amen and then another verse that that comes up a lot is sell what you have. So Matthew 9, 19, 21, it says, Jesus answers says, if you want to be perfect, go tell, uh, sell your possessions and give the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So what is he saying there? Anybody? I think he's saying the same thing. It's yeah. just, it, it, it's just a different idol, right? Instead of putting people above him, you're putting possessions or, you know, your job or things you do above him. So I, I think he's saying the same thing. He's just using different idols. You guys maybe can help me with this. There's a saying that says you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all right, the time. Right. Well, you can never fool God. Never. Yeah. God knows our heart. Yeah. And, and, and that's what Jesus is demonstrating right here is that he knew the heart of, and we're not going to say who we think this is. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> the rich young ruler. We'll just stick with that. And so, you know, he's, he's saying, I'll do anything for you. I'll follow you anywhere. I'll do yeah. anything. Yeah. And he said, well, then go sell your possessions. And, and Jesus could speak in our life like that because he knew the heart and he knew what really was the heart of this man and what really was his idol and what really was his God. And, and I, I have to admit, we all have those things, right? Those things that we idolize and we put priority. And whenever that priority goes above God, whether it's our work, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our children, whether it's our boat, car, or home, whatever it is, he says, go give that away. Because, you know, if you want to speak extremely, right? You know, if your eye causes you to sin, poke it out. Yeah. If your hand, if you're stealing, cut it off. You know, we are to deal seriously and extremely with the things that stand between us and God. Why? Because that's what we were created for. That's our mission is to love God and put him first and to, to weed out these other things in our life. And you know what? He's the only one that can do it. And, and uh, he points directly. You really think you got this all together, right? You know, even, even when Jesus was telling Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Mm. I mean, come on, think about that. Yeah. You know, you really think your heart's right? You really think you arrived? <laughs> no, I won't, Lord. I'd die for you, right? Yeah, right. Well, the, the rich young ruler lost perspective for the, his purpose. And again, Jesus is a holy God, and he sets the standard. And the standard is for, and the reason why he wept over Israel before on before he you know went to his death is because he he's, his first love has left him. And, and he set the standard for them to worship him, to love him and to, to allow him to be their God. And to, he wanted to provide for them. He wanted to give them everything. He wanted to bless them. And this rich young ruler was doing the workspace of, of the law. He was doing that, but the, the, the actual worship, he was still dependent upon money. 
he was still dependent upon man and mammon and his hard work and, and the things that he was accomplishing. And, and Jesus is saying, I want you to get rid of that. I want you to sit at my feet and worship me. I want you to let me provide for you. I want you to start clean right now. I want you to just, just stop searching and stop trying to figure this out on your own. I want you to trust me and let me be the one that provides for you. And so again, the purpose here was we go to work not to make money. We, we don't, if our driving force is, I need to be rich. I, my driving force, I need to buy a new boat. I need to go on another vacation. The reason why I'm working so hard is because I want, 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 whatever that is. Then we, we've lost the purpose. If our, if our heart and our mindset is, I want to be obedient to Christ. I want to represent him. I want to go to work to glorify him. I want to be a light in this darkness. And the byproduct of that is I make money. Then so help me God. That is what God is saying here. He wants you to worship him. He wants you to trust him with the bunny. He wants you to trust him with your life. And uh, the rich young ruler had it backwards. And so God, again, is recorrecting, realigning him. And we're going to cover this in our, in our mission-minded um, retreat. Can't wait. Our conference. When is that? Yeah. October 31st through November 8th. You know, you, you hear these, these words, if only I could do this, I'd be happy. Right. Mm. And that points right at your idol. Yep. Yeah. It really does. If only this would happen, or if, if only I could only achieve this, this, if I could have this position, or if my wife would only, or if my kids would only, or, you know, all we need is God and Jesus is enough. Amen. I mean, that's where God is trying to get us to that, that we're happiest when we're closest to him Yep. and understanding that he is the treasure to be found. And he is the one, uh, you know, I, my dad used to say something that I, it, most of the things he said, I agreed with, but he, he said this a couple of times and I definitely do not agree with it. He said, boy, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Yeah. I've heard that. Well, that's not true. The more heavenly minded we are, the more earthly impactful we are. Amen. And and God has not called us to be positioned in this world as important. He's called us to be salt and light. Mm. And to be called salt and light, you have got to be different. And sometimes, guys, we want to be popular. We want to fit in. But I'm telling you, if you are walking for God, if you're walking with God and working for him, you are strange. Mm. And that's not a bad thing. That is a good thing. Yeah. You will make people uncomfortable. Yeah, your work ethic is going to be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. Whatsoever you do in word of deed, do it wholeheartedly yeah. as unto the Lord. Yeah. And so naturally, you'll make more money because you'll rise up. Yeah. And you'll have God's favor on you and be promoted. Absolutely. That's it. The company is blessed because I'm here. That's it. And God's with me. Yep. And I'm working for him. I always think of Daniel in that because Daniel was there to please God. And then Daniel just rose up and he was always right next to the king all the time. I mean, he was just possessed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Are you trying to convict me to uh, Great example. get into the Daniel fast? As <laughs> man, Barry was like this close to preaching right there. Did yeah, you he hear was, that? Oh, he was on. I, He's it was lit. like, man, Absolutely. I'm like, go, go, go. He's yeah. lit. Don't get me you know, I was trying, I mean, we were talking about the idols and the, and the family. And, and I was trying to think of an example. Maybe you guys have one of how this relates or an example of with our kids, how, how this, how God looks at us kind of like, you know what I mean? I'm not even saying it well, but I, I, I felt like there was a, a picture there and I couldn't, I just couldn't grasp it about something. You know, we want our kids to just do something because they, you know, they want to be with us and not, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm like bam, b- babbling Spe- now. Speaking you, of our kids, though, yeah. I got a good illustration. That's uh, what I'm looking for. An illustration. <laughs> Thank you, Barry. Thank you. I'll save you. I'll Thank save you. you. You know, Martin, our good friend, Martin. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, shout out to Martin. Yeah. Hey, what's Martin. Up? Uh, Martin, Martin Ramos, yeah. my friend, my coffee brother. Oh, I love him. I love him so much. He's Panamanian, good brother. But he tells me he writes out his check to God in front of his kids. Oh, that's so good. And you know, our kids, dad, why are you, are you giving doing? God so much money? He doesn't need that's our money. That's such a good idea. You know, and, uh, you know, that, that, that brings up a lot of conversations because mm. our kids want their nails done. If I hear that again, I'm going to scream. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get my nails done. But you play softball. Why are you getting your nails oh, done and you play just, softball? Come you just on. gave away who it was. <laughs> they don't know her. They don't know her. Yeah. She doesn't listen to this. Slugger so. doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Um, yeah, but, but our kids, you know, they really do need to see us put God in front of them. Yeah. and And to help them say, as for me and my house, this is what we do. Yeah. We go to church. We we put God first and, and we say no to the world. And yet, you know what that means? You're not going to have an extra new pair of shoes. Yeah, it's not going to kill you, mm. right? But it will kill you if, if we don't honor God mm. and our money's not blessed because we have given to him first. Amen. And all things put God first. Ooh. Boy, that, that's a good segue. Yeah, it is. You go <laughs> that's for a it. really good segue. So, so we're going to be uh, talking about something that's really difficult to talk about. Yeah. And we'll read this and then uh, Pete's going to put it in context. Oh, no, let me just it. put it in context first. first and yeah. Then and it? then you'll read it. Yeah. I like that. That's so, a idea. So here we go. So what we're going to talk about is cannibalism and it's in the Bible. So it's in, it's in Deuteronomy 28, 52, 57. What is cannibalism? Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is a prophecy. So let's set this up. So what we're going to be reading is a prophecy that was written before it what actually is, took place. What does a prophecy mean? It's just something that God gave to Elijah, but that foretold what's going to happen in the future. So this is a prophecy. So like we talked about on our rapture show that Jesus was predicted um, over 300 times. And we talked about the what are the odds of that taking place? Well, this is going to be a prophecy that does. God always comes through on his prophecies. Yeah. Whenever he tells us something, he will come through. You, you can always take that to the bank if God tells you something. So this is a prophecy. And so this, so imagine that this is the f- prophecy for fulfill, being fulfilled. We're going to talk about that in Second Kings. And this is Babylon or the Assyrian army in Babylon. They're going to, they're surrounding all of Israel and they're cutting off all of their, all of their food. They're cutting off all of their water and they're basically taking over Israel. That's what's taking place. That sets it up. And so the prophecy that we're going to be reading now is, is going to say, this is what's going to happen. And then we'll read what did happen in second Kings. And and we were talking earlier that this is in a time of prosperity, right? Yeah. So right. So at this very moment, Israel is, is worshiping other idols. They are, um, they're living good. God always says, why are you prostituting yourself? And he used Gomer as, uh, you know, that whole story of Gomer in, in, um, Hezekiah as that whole, or not Hezekiah, um, Hosea as that whole example of what's happening. And so he says, you're constantly going out and prostituting yourself. You're constantly going out and, and giving yourself over to other lovers and so forth. And God has been so patient and so long suffering with, um, with Israel that he's just constantly kept warning them and warning them and warning them and warning them. And this warning here, 
this prophecy here is like, it's like, it's, it's hard to read. Mm -hmm. And so we're just going to do it. And when people, a lot of people that, especially if you're new in your faith and you read this, it's disturbing. It's hard to understand that. And so we'll do our best to try to break that down and explain that. So go ahead, Bob. All right, here we go. They shall besiege you in all your towns until your highs and until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout all your land. And they shall besiege you in all your towns throughout all of your land, which the Lord your God has given you. And you shall eat the fruit of your womb, the flesh of your sons and daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you. In the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you, the man who is most tender and refined among you will begrudge food to his brother, to the wife he embraces, and to the last of the children whom he has left, so that he will not give to any of them any of the flesh of his children whom he is eating, because he has nothing else left. In the siege and in the, in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you in all your towns, the most tender and refined woman among you, whom, who would not venture to set a sole of her foot on the ground because she is so delicate and tender, will begrudge to the husband she embraces, to her son and to her daughter, her afterbirth that comes from between her feet and her children whom she bears, because lacking everything, she will eat them secretly. In the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you in your towns. Whew. Oh my gosh. Now, I'm going to blame this on Pete, guys. Wow. He he was the one brought up this passage. I had nothing to do with it. Oh, I'm, my gosh. Is this really in the Bible? I'm Pete? washing my hands of this, oh right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's so really hard. in the Bible. A delicate, beautiful woman that is would not get her feet dirty is eating her afterbirth and her children. Come on, Pete. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty grotesque. So uh, people ask the question, well, if God is such a good God, why is he allowing this to happen? Why is this taking place right now? I mean, it wouldn't, if it wouldn't God show grace and mercy and take care of his people here, wouldn't that be the case? I mean, if he's a, a holy good God, why is he allowing, this is the Israeli people. Why is he allowing this, this lady, these people to be eating their children, to be eating their afterbirth? Why is that happening? And, and that is a good question. And I hear a lot of people also say that this is another proof why I can't worship God. I mean, this is in the Bible. I mean, this is disgusting. And this is what God allows. That's not a God I want to serve. You know, that's not somebody I want to worship. And, and so that is, that is, those are really valid questions and valid thoughts. And so we have to really take things back and we have to understand what's going on here. Um, God pulled Israel out of Egypt. He pulled them out of the world. He pulled them out of that to give them a promised land. He, he always wanted to make Israel set apart. He always wanted to bless them and provide for them and take care of them. His sole purpose in bringing them out is to, to put them up on a hill so that the whole world would know that he is God. And he wanted the whole world to know that, that he is good, he's faithful, and that he provides for his people, and that he will, he will protect them from foreign enemies. He will protect them from anybody that's out. And as you read the Old Testament, you see time and time again where God protected Israel. You see time and time again God showing grace and mercy to Israel. He forgave them over 
and over and over and over again. And he constantly showed them love. He constantly pursued them with a, with a reckless abandonment. And Israel kept turning their back to God. They kept saying no to his holiness. They kept saying no to his goodness. They forgot what he, was, he did in the past. And now they're worshiping other idols. Now they're prostituting themselves to other gods. Now they're giving of their wealth and, their, and all of their resources. They're giving, giving all of that away and, and they're, they're fulfilling their lust and their fantasies and all of that. And God is saying here in Deuteronomy, he's saying, when this happens, when this happens, when you least expect it, I'm going to take you out of the land. I'm going to bring somebody against you that's going to utterly destroy you. And, and I've warned you. It wasn't that God left Israel. Israel left God. Yeah. That's a good point. God is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is always faithful. He was always true. And so his love for Israel has not changed. We're talking about this in our, our Prophecy in Times uh, series. It's never changed. But Israel changed. And so there's consequences to our sin. There's consequences to our rebellion. If you're listening to this, we have to understand, if you are living in sin, if you are a child of God and you are willfully turning your back to God, there's consequences to your sin. Your sin will come, will find you out. You will pay for this. There's You can't continue to live in sin and expect God to bless it. That's so good. I mean, he's... This hasn't happened yet. This is a warning to them. Yep. He's like, don't turn yep. from me because yep. if in the absence of me, yep. this is what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, the descriptiveness of this. I mean, God was yeah. given the prophet at this time as he's reading this. He's telling them exactly what's going to play. play. If you were reading this and this is a warning from somebody that oh. already has a track record, this prophet already has a track record. He's already been giving them truths that they've seen come true. He, they can already testify that, yeah, God's speaking to this guy. And now here he is laying this on their lap. You would think it would get their attention. Right? You would think. But we do the same thing. Oh, my gosh. You know, this sounds to me very, very demonic. Yeah. You, I mean, clearly. Demon possession, uh, demonism. This is very demonic for someone to to eat their own flesh and blood. Come on now. that That is a psychosis that is very extreme and very elaborate. And, and what I want to say is, is the things that we're capable of doing yep. when we are not walking with God, yep. you are a monster. Yes. I am a monster. Yeah. And, and we are capable of monstrous things. If it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. There is times that I am absolutely fearful that I'm going to blow it that I'm going to make choices that's going to disgrace my family, disgrace yeah. my God, and, and disgrace my my friends and, and church. And I, I'm fearful of that because I realize that within me, there is no good. Yeah. And that I am a sinful man and that, that I make the worst of choices. I am capable of anything. And because I love God and because I care about my family, because I care about the testimony of God. It's not my testimony. It's his testimony Amen. that I, I, I want to walk with God because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that monster. And, and, and I, I, uh, I'm talking right now to pastors. I'm telling you that being so caught up in ministry that you don't have time for God, you can become that, that monster. Hmm. And I just call you back from it, man. 
if we lose our first love and, and the context of this passage, Pete, we were talking about it earlier. It's a context of blessings versus curses. It's mm. a context of honoring God and worshiping idols. Yep. You know, whenever we crack the door to Satan, idols, love of money, love of things of this world, we are letting demons in our house and we're opening up the door to, to uh, the monsters that, that can, can impact us and, and the monsters we can become. And, and uh, let, let me just say this right now. If, if you have a door cracked that you're allowing stuff on the internet, you're allowing stuff in your marriage, you're allowing stuff in your home that is not of God, that is an idol repent Amen. and get right with God because we are capable of a monstrous things when we are, what is the difference between a blessing and a curse? The blessing is that we are protected and that we're in the center of God's will. A curse is, is that, that we have chosen to move out from God's hands. We chose to move out from underneath the authority of God. We chose to go out on our own. We're wandering and we have moved out from underneath the authority of God. And that, that curse is there and we're capable of, of hideous things. I think that's what takes place here. So where did this happen? You know, where did it come to fruition? Well, that was in second Kings. But before I get to that, this something that you said, Bear, that made me think it says, a lot of times we'll be sinning and thinking that we're getting away with sin. And that's what's happening with Israel here. And so we're, we're, we might be living in an adulterous affair. We might watch porn. Um, we might be a gossiper, you know, maybe we have hoarding, you know, issues, sins. And maybe there's, um, there's levels of anxiety of sin in our life. There's, there's certain things, anger, bitterness, and all of that. And, there's things that we feel that we're God's allowing us to get away with it. You know, we're we're playing the grace card. We're saying, "Oh, God's grace covers that and all mercy," but we're 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 forgetting that every time that we sin, it separates us from a holy God. That's good, Pete. And 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 it separates us from having intimacy with Him. And you cannot have it both ways. You cannot be like the Israelites and think that you can go sacrifice at the temple and, and live your life that way. God is asking for all of yourself. And we just talked about that in the, at the, in the first part of this show. And, and he's asking for that. And so if there's something in your, in your life that is, that is continually in, you are, it's eventually going to catch up to you. It's eventually going to get the better of you. And, and, and your sin is going to cause havoc in your life. It's going to cause bitterness in your life. It's going to cause a destruction and a fall. Because if you're a child of God, he will not let up. He will constantly pursue you. He will not stop until you surrender your knees to him or your heart to him and bend, get on your knees before him. And so that is the love that we have with God. And his grace will cover a multitude of sins, but he wants all of us. And he will not allow us to continue to be in sin. You know, what struck me listening to you, Barry, was, you know, earlier in the show, we were talking about hyperbole. This is not hyperbole. Mm. This, but for, but for God, mm. the, this, I mean, this, this is us too, right? I mean, mm. the, the, the depths that we would fall without God in our life and without Jesus in our life, man, it's just, uh, you, you know it's what's disgusting to read even. Yeah. You know what scares me the most? What really scares me the most is that when I choose sin as a father and as the leader of my household, it not only affects me, I, I don't 
I'm not the only one that has to live with the consequences. These right? these yeah. people were eating their children. Yeah. And you know, the older kids, they saw it. Yeah. They ate their younger kids. And these older kids were in that. Ooh. It affects generations and generations yeah. to come. Man, I, God have mercy on exactly. me. I do not want to do anything that's going to uh, uh, just hijack my, my kid's life. I really don't. And yeah. And, and again, if you're, if you're in a position where you're in a tailspin, a circle, and you just, no matter what you try to do, you can't get help. I mean, you can't get, get, get whatever, find somebody that can come alongside of you and, and teach you how to lean upon the Holy spirit to get you through this. And, um, and that's the only hope right here. So you have to learn to draw upon the Holy spirit for, to get you through all of this. And when there's times of weakness or times of stretching or times of, of, uh, where you're falling constantly, you have to find out one, what are those times look like? What are the stresses that are in your life? What are causing you to do that? And you need to get help. You need to get someone to help you walk through this and learn how to draw upon the Holy Spirit during those times. And um, so with Israelites, they were given the opportunity. They were given clear instruction that you need to repent of your sins. You need to stop the idol worship. You need to stop doing that. And you need to come to me and worship me and come back to your first love. And so God is telling you the same thing. And if that is your heart and you're saying, I do not want to continue on this, you can't stop. And if you need help, call us, talk to us, reach out to us. We will get you in contact with the right person. But it's it's so important that you understand that continuing down to sin, there's consequences and it can look as ugly and as grotesque as this. Yeah. And so we don't want to take, we don't want to play, play with that fire. You know? And that's, isn't that the kind of the basis of a prophecy that's, that's yeah. of coming wrath yeah. that you keep uh, kicking dirt in God's face uh, this is what's going to happen. But they, the reason why this is told is because God is so full of grace mm. because they had a choice. Yeah. And even, even if he told them, this is what's going to happen, please don't do it. Please don't do it. It's like, you know, laying the cross down in the blood and, and saying, don't go to hell. Don't go to hell. Don't make that choice. Yeah. We, we make choices, but we can't choose the consequences of our choices. Yeah. And he's telling them, he's giving them ahead of time. This is the consequence. If you keep going the way you're going and, and uh, man, what, what a, a warning this was, but they didn't heed it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's never about us. It's about God. And so if in your mind, you're, you're sinning and you're doing that, you're making it about you. It's about your flesh. It's about your feelings. It's about what you want. It's about what you're, you're desiring. And God says that that life, I would I did not create you to be that way. I created you to sacrifice your life for my glory. I created you to set yourself apart and worship me. And, and we have to understand that. And and I think the reason why we get so caught up into sin and the reason why Israel got so caught up is they they forgot the goodness of God. Mm. And, and they forgot how amazing and how awesome he was. So again, he's the one that provided the milk and honey. He's the one that provided the big plump fruit. He's the one that blessed their land. He's the one that wiped out the people before him. He's the one that set them up for success. He's the one that did everything. And they lost their first love. And maybe right now you're listening to this and, and you were at one point were on fire for God and you were, you were passionate for him, but now slowly you fed, 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 you know, slowly faded away. I almost said fed away. That's not the right word. Faith faded away. I almost said it again, but it, it's God is saying, no, you can come back to me now. Amen. 
You can come back to me now. You can get help now. And, and, and I'm telling you, I'm a testimony to this. God can change you. God can heal you of any sin. God can heal you of any bad habit. God can transform your life. And I, I could tell you that there's truth in that. Yeah, Pete, I was going to say this, man. Tell a little bit of your story, man, that that what you came in contact with. This is like a, a NASCAR crash and burn type of situation. Tell them, tell them what you came before, even as a minister and how you, you were changed. Yeah, I... I... I will have time for this, Barry. We'll do we'll do another show. Let's just put it this way. I was going, I was living a life that I thought was God's blessing. But the reality was I was still doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. And until God took everything away and brought me to my knees in the quiet of my own garage, I was not able to hear from him. And I was not able to understand that he was a good God. And in in that in that moment's time. God revealed to me he is faithful, he is true, he is kind, he is love, and, and, and he has never forsaken me, he has never left me, and, and he is, is, is more, I'm more intimate with him today than I've ever been in my entire life. But, but it, it takes sometimes, with Israel, it took this time. And so after this, what that happened is they were, they were taken into Babylon, and, and they had to live in Babylon for seven years. And even in that, God did, not, um, God did not leave Israel. Even in that time, God was there and God brought them back into the land. And we talk about this in our prophecy update. But with that said, I mean, let's just, we'll close out with this. So at 2 Kings 6 is, is the fulfillment of it. It says, the king replied, if the Lord does not help you, where can I help from, help, uh, get help from you from the, from the threshing floor, from the wine press? Then he asked her and he says, what's the matter? And she answered, the woman said to me, give up your son so we may eat him today and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, give up your son so we may eat him. But he had but she had hidden him. And, and this not only happened in here, but uh, Josephus, the, the Jewish uh, historian, said that once Israel was besieged by Caesar Nero in AD 70, this same thing happened. And it, he gives descriptions of the girls eating their children because he cut off Israel and he starved them. So not only did Israel come back into the promised land, but they went back to the world's ways again. Mm-hmm. They lost their first love again. And he gave them another chance, another opportunity, and they did it again. May that not happen to us. Amen. May we hear this message today and repent of our sins and follow him. Barry, you want to talk to those people? Yeah, guys. Um, when, when you see God's holiness and you stand in his presence and, and you, you, you're always reminded, I'm broken and I'm in need of God. And, you know, if you're sitting there and you're saying, I'm okay, I'm okay. Everything's good. Are you really, if, if, if you ask God, search me and show me any offensive way in me, our appropriate response when he does is to repent. And what repentance means, I turn my back to sin and I turn back to God. I'm, I'm headed going the wrong way. I'm going down the wrong road. Are you going down the wrong road today? If you are, would you stop and turn back to God 
and come back to him. That's what repentance is all about. It's a change of mind. It's a change of direction. It's, it's coming back to God. And the Bible says in first John one nine, that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You are still breathing. You're listening to this podcast. There's hope. Would you turn to Jesus today? Would you ask him to forgive him, forgive you? If you don't know Jesus, would you invite him into your life? Would you just admit that you're a sinner? Would you believe in Jesus as a provision for the forgiveness of sin? And would you invite him into your life by praying something similar to this? Would you just simply say, dear God, I realize you created me. And I realize I'm I'm off point. I, I, I've blown it. I'm a, I'm a sinner and I'm, I'm not living right right now. And I never have. I need you because I realize the wrath of God is coming. And I realize that I cannot stand alone and, and that there is a payment for sin. Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So Jesus, I, I acknowledge that you are the son of God. I acknowledge that you died on the cross for my sin, not of anything you've done. And I acknowledge that you were buried and that you rose again on the third day, that you are the real deal. You are God. You are God in the flesh and you are God's mm -hmm. son. Mm -hmm. And you deserve one place in my life. And that is the to sit on the throne of my life. So I submit to you and I invite you into my life to save me, to be my Lord and, and be my master and to have the authority to tell me what to do. And I submit and I surrender to that. Jesus, come into my life and help me to be the person you want me to be. And I, I give this to you and I ask you to help me in Jesus name. Amen. Mm -hmm. If you're here today and you pray that prayer, I, I just, I know you're hurting and mm -hmm. I know you're struggling and mm -hmm. you've been confronted with some sin issue in your life, I, I want you to know that you don't have to do this alone, that we are here to help you reach out to us. Pete, what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, just, man, this has just been an awesome show, guys. Um, you go to our website at riotpodcast.co. Um, again, riotpodcast.co. And at the top, it says, no God. And click on that, no God. If you gave your life to the Lord, click on that. Go down to the bottom, click that, yes, you gave your life to the Lord and, and push send. And then fill out that form that's in there. And we would love to get some information to you, uh, get and connect, uh, connect with you and reach out to you. Um, and just, uh, you know, congratulate you about your choice here that you've made. Um, but again, man, what a, what a powerful show, guys. And you know, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit was definitely here. And um, just sensing that there's so many of us that that might be like the Israelites and just work, walking our own way or thinking that we can do it our way. And, and God is just saying, no, it's about me, guys. My love, my grace, my mercy, my long suffering for you is there. Just repent and just turn to me. And, um, and so Bob, you want to the last words of that? Yeah. Wow. Um, what a show you guys, we would love to hear your comments. So if you're listening on a podcast, you know, jump onto our Facebook page and just comment, um, you know, you know, about what you thought and what you learned, um, you know, <laughs> um, you know, anything else that just comes to mind that, uh, man, this show is just, I was worried about this show, guys. I was worried about this text and, uh, man, it was powerful. Yeah. It'll it really up. powerful. Yeah. Just the, how good 
uh, how good a God we we really serve. It's so easy to, you know, the Satan will try to twist it and and tell you that, oh, well, a good God wouldn't do this. And man, but the truth is we turn away from him, you mm. know, and we're bringing those consequences on ourselves. Yep. So, hey, it's summertime. Download some podcasts. You know, you're going to be jumping on an airplane, going for some yeah. car rides. Download the podcast, listen to them. But man, don't be selfish. Don't keep them to yourself. <laughs> Share it with others. And um, you, you know, there's somebody out there that you want to share, you know, cannibalism with. So think about who you can share this <laughs> podcast with. I know I jest a little, um, but, you know, like our pages, uh, subscribe. So you get uh, you get the first uh, alerts every Thursday when we release our shows. And uh, man, we are just so amazingly grateful for you guys. We do this show because of you. Mm. We love you. Um, we, we pray for you. And uh, truly, you know, uh, we just ask God to speak through us every week before we, we before we record these shows and, and get them to you. But uh, we do them for you. And we just pray that uh, that God is speaking to to you through us via Amen. this platform of a, of a podcast or our YouTube video. So uh, again, we want to hear your comments. So if you're, you're watching on YouTube, uh, comment there. If you're listening on a podcast, wherever you stream your, your podcast, just jump onto Facebook and, and comment there. So well, again, we love you guys. Any final words before we say goodbye and happy trails? I have two. Uh, I want to explain what happened today. It's called riot. Mm. There was a righteous Ooh. invasion of truth. The mm. Holy, we, we, we found a truth and, and God through his Holy spirit made it a riot Amen. and yes. invasion. And I just want to leave the people with James five sixteen because you need help and you need other brothers around you yes. and you need to bring sin into the light. And this is how we do it. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Mm. We're praying for you. God bless you. Amen. Be blessed, guys. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.